Did you hear that? Was it the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley? Oh my god, it was. This podcast is for inhalation use only. And that means it's not for kids. Welcome to the horror comedy podcast where we get high and try to scare you. I am Haley. I'm Jake. It's really funny that you're making that sound. Zombies? Yes. <laughs> Let's play a game called Guess the Book. So I prophesized as I commanded, and I prophesized. The Bible. Yes. <laughs> and King James Version. I don't know. Uh, as I prophesized, there was a sound, and behold, Where the, the wild rattling, things are. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, oh, and behold, be terrifying. There was this was the fucking where the wild things grew. <laughs> this is the worst wild <laughs> thing ever. I don't want to sleep in a pile with you. But there was no, oh, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and the skin sleepy. had covered them. They were snoozing. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, son of man, and say to the breath, blah, 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 Jesus. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly incre- great army. That's, yo, that's that Jesus weed. That makes the dead... That's fucking that, put their bones back together weed, yeah. and become alive. Zombies, Jeff, Jake. It's called Jeffrey Christ. Ezekiel thirty-seven seven. <laughs> oh, I don't... Jeffrey. What? <laughs> Jeffrey. I don't know. I think that's that's a code for that's code for a joint. A Jeffrey. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, oh, I'm. Oh, I found out a strain. I'm gonna name. It's gonna be called Jeffrey Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus's pothead brother. <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. I like that a lot. TM. All you fuckers out there listening. Yeah, don't get any ideas. No, get out of here. Or if you do make it, at least cite me in your works. Sure, that's fine. Um, That's from Ezekiel 37.7, if you give a shit about that. Ezekiel! What's your name? What's your name? Ezekiel! Tony. Tony! Um... Zombies in the Bible, Jake. Zombie? You know there's uh, dragons in the Bible. That's fucking crazy. That's a true story. Uh, all the way. I had this debate with my with my dad actually, one Sunday. Very Southern Baptist, raised, you know, Christian, if you will. Okay, and I in a Sunday school, they were like, "Yeah, there were dragons. They were real." And I was like, "What?" And then they showed me the Bible, and I was like, "Whoa, dragons are real." Then right up to my dad, he's like, "Dragons aren't fucking real." Look yeah, over, man. look over at my stepmom. She's like, "Well." And I'm like, ha because you know. She's seen them. Brenda's seen the dragon. Amy has seen the dragons. But A good stepmom yeah. name. But, yeah, I had to argue with my dad, and then I had to show him. And I was like, see? Ha! Dragons. Dragons. Bitch. Now that I know zombies, that'll be the next family dinner. The next one, 37-7. You know there's fucking zombies There's in zombies the in the Bible, fucking Dad. Dad. All the way in ancient Greece, dead bodies were buried with weights and rocks on top of them. Placed- Yo, you were telling me about this week. You were like, zombies aren't real. Because back in the day, they would have like. That's how they would bury them. Do you see it? Uh-uh. Huh. What? Per. Oh, fuck. It's nice. Nice page. Okay. Yeah, no one did that to Jesus. Yeah, otherwise. Yo, who the fuck didn't put the rocks on the guy? <laughs> who did? No. Was it you? 
I was talking about the American Vampire Crisis. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Where uh, Scared to Death just did an episode about vampires, and they were talking about how they dug these people up, and they were describing like the things that meant it was definitely a vampire. And it was the same stuff that the dollop listed in their episode about the American Vampire Craze, stating like that's what decomposition is <laughs> you know so um it was just that's why i was bitching because i was like this is ridiculous this is like it's so <laughs> that's just what a dead body looks like that's just what happened how do you know because i've actually thrown a lot of dead bodies into dumpsters <gasps> they were just dog bodies dogs. okay but Let's still get that out there for legal reasons i've handled a lot of dead bodies <laughs> <laughs> lawyers said we can't talk about it <laughs> right <laughs> um so, yeah, all the way in ancient Greece, that's how dead bodies were buried to make sure that they did not get up. That'll be on our Instagram if you guys want to see it. In the 17th century, people from West Africa were kidnapped from their homes, forced onto ships, and brought to Haiti to work on sugar plantations. And I don't have to tell you how poorly they were Black treated. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Um, I don't have to tell you how poorly they were treated. For those people who were ripped from their homes and treated worse than animals, it was like their life ended when they were taken. To survive, these people would have to mindlessly slave at the plantation, no doubt turning off their minds to avoid agonizing the loss of their lives. They longed for freedom. Slavery turned them into zombies. <gasps> That's like what they equated it to. Oh, okay. Per the undead 18th century by Linda Troost, the first zombie <laughs> appeared in literature in about 1697. Uh, but they weren't zombies like you or I would recognize. It wasn't. Sorry. It wasn't The Walking Dead. No, they were more like ghosts, kind of like ghost. what we would say is a ghost. I think the zombie is kind of like a, a cultural inkblot test in a way because the first zombie ever produced was White Zombie, and that was in 1932. Yeah, uh, a you're making white this zombie. Yeah, and wait till you hear the plot of it. It's worse. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Um, White Zombie is about a murderer named Legendre who helps out his friend Charles. Charles had a little crushy crush on this girl, Madeline. So he murdered him. But love is a fickle thing, and Madeline didn't love him back. So, so he murdered her. So their plan was simple. They were gonna... Murder her. And bring her back as a zombie. That was good. So that she would be complacent, and she would belong to Charles forever. That was good. We just riffed. Very good. Like except for on a whole another level there. It was next level. Marijuana. I love it. Um except for Legendre double crossed Charles. <gasps> yeah. And he tried he murdered him. He tried to take Madeline for himself. <gasps> Who are you? Luckily Madeline's husband comes and saves her. Uh, what? He just comes and gets her. I so guess. these guys are just like fighting Fucking, over. Fucking, I guess. And, and the husband's like, just like, 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 oh shit, we forgot about the husband. Damn it. We did, we should have killed him too. Like clearly we you don't have any first. problem with murder, you fucking yeah. psychos. I think the, the first logical choice to kill. Yeah. Well. So he can't stop you. The cultural implications of this movie are. The implications. Pretty fucked up. Exactly. The, the implications. implications. The, like it was definitely a man's movie. Like, like, oh, she doesn't love you. Kill her. Bring her back as a zombie. You can fuck her forever. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's horrible. And the only reason that that didn't happen was because her husband saved her. It's like a whole problematic thing. Damn husbands. Always fucking, fucking things up. Tony is being crazy. But even with White Zombie, even with the 18th century fiends that we read about in literature, even considering, 
you know, the tragic history of Haitian slavery, uh, Haitian enslaved people. Oh, you're going to uh, have to go. <laughs> I could hear that one. <laughs> That's his sound bite. Zombies were a part of the cultural zeitgeist until George Romero's 1968 film, Night of the Living Dead. Whoa. The first showing of the Night of the Living Dead. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it was October 1st, 1968, at the Fulton Theater in Pittsburgh. It was this. Ugh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> the worst. The worst. It's the pits. It's the pits. It was a Saturday matinee, which I guess all horror films were back then. And guess what? Guess motherfucking what? Chicken butt. There was no film rating system. Oh, so it was probably horrible? Or super fucking PG XXXX? It was just... Actually, they came out with the film rating system the next month. But yeah, there was... Because of this movie. Probably. But there was nobody who was like, no, nine-year-old, you should not go watch Barbara get eaten alive. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Oh. Why did I watch that? I don't like scary things. It's cute, though. Oh, God. Okay, uh, I'll tell you about it in a second. But uh, Robert Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times said, I don't think the younger kids really knew what hit them. They were used to going to movies, sure, but this was something else. The kids in the audience were stunned. There was almost complete silence. The movie had stopped being delightfully scary about halfway through and had become unexpectedly terrifying. There was a little girl across the aisle from me, about nine years old. She was sitting very still in her seat and crying. (laughs) It's hard to remember what... Suck it. Suck it, child. It's hard to remember what sort of effect this movie might have on you when you were six or seven, but try to remember. At that age, kids take events on the screen seriously, and they identify fiercely with the hero. And when the hero gets killed, that's not an unhappy ending, but a tragic one. Nobody got out alive. It was just over. Tragedy. That's all. There's no hope. Dead. So the film went on to traumatize many more children and earned between 12 and 15 million at the box office in the next 10 years. I don't know why, but Pittsburgh is kind of like a hub for zombies. I think George Romero just really fucking likes it there. Like, I was a Girl Scout in middle school, and that was where we took our trip because we were all, like, obsessed with uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, God. So we went to that mall in Pittsburgh, and we stayed at, like, a hotel and, like... themed? No, but we did barricade all the windows and door for fun. Just in case. Yeah, and we watched zombie movies all night. It was great. It was a whole troop of weirdos. But, yeah, I don't know why Pittsburgh... What was that movie we just watched? That was you. The Hmm? Dead Mother one? Oh, yeah. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, yes, it was. It was. It totally was because the la- the troop leader was like also a ragtag wacky lady. Yes. I dig it. Ugh. It was very fun. I wonder how many other little girls have that memory. <laughs> it was the only year I got to do it. So it is like one of my favoritest like memories. Um, But yeah, I don't so know. Pure. So pure. I don't know why, but yeah, it's like a total. George Romero loves it. It's a zombie Hot would you spot? be a dead mother? Totally, I would. Dude. I would have so much fun. It's fun and cheesy, but it's like actually very heavy considering nothing like that had ever been done before. Uh, and before I explain to you the plot, I want to kind of talk about the culture of 1968. In 1968, Americans really needed scarapy because this oh, was the year. The scarapy. The scarapy, babe. 
JFK was assassinated that year. Terrifying. Terrifying. This is the year that Captain Kirk kissed Lieutenant Uhura, which is the first interracial kiss of all time. It pissed off all the racists. Black Americans felt tremendous hope and then sudden loss and rage when a white supremacist murdered Dr. Martin Luther King. And people then watched riots break out. Windows were smashed and buildings were burned. This is not 2020, people. This is the year of make love, not war, right after the baby boom, when women were demanding sexual freedom and the first IUDs were coming out, giving women the autonomy of their own bodies. And after Night of the Living Dead... They were turning them into robots. No. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind Autonomous of... Autonomous robots, people. They're all crazy. That is actually described as the night, or the year that America uh, like started to splinter. Because that was like the first year that like whites and blacks were just like at 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 each other, you know, and young people and old people were just at each other's Twenty twenty, baby. It's exactly like twenty twenty. Everybody was fighting with I, everybody. I know we like the world goes in cycles and we're fucking Hello, nineteen sixty eight. How are you? So it really is a Rorke Shark test, this movie, because in this movie, I mean, and I'm I'm gonna tell you the plot and I just want you to think about like what it really means. Here you go, babe. Sorry, I was like kinda bogarting that. Um in this movie, Barbara and her brother Johnny drive to a cemetery to visit their father's grave. As they're leaving, a stranger First hops out. Foolish. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. He's dead. He don't know. Cremate me. It's fine. Yeah, honestly, don't spend money on a on a, like a dirt hole and a rock. When I could put you in your own dirt hole in the back. That's cool. Um, Barbara, uh, blah blah blah. Fucking. <laughs> um, as they're leaving, a stranger runs up and kills Johnny. And he starts to chase Barbara. She runs away and she meets up with some other survivors and they hole up together. They try as hard as they can, but slowly, one by one, they are all picked off. At the end, Barbara gets eaten by her brother. Whoa. Everyone dies the except... This guy a zombie? Yeah, her brother, well, no, Johnny. The guy that got murdered by a zombie? He was a zombie? Or the guy that did the murdering in the first place? He was a zombie? He got eaten by a zombie at the beginning and then he came back and ate Barbara. First person. No, the zombie killed Johnny. Oh, so Johnny ate Barbara. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so goddamn, everyone dies except for one guy, Ben. At the end of the ordeal, Ben hears sirens approach and he thinks help is near. He walks out to get help and he is promptly shot and killed, mistaken for a zombie. Uh, <laughs> the guy that shot the guy survived, though. Yeah. Um, also, Ben was the only colored person in the whole film and he was shot oh. by the cops. Oh, shut up. Mistaken for a zombie? Question mark? And then he's thrown on yeah. a fire and burned. Mm, Worth mentioning, I don't like where that's going. everyone else in the movie is white. So this is a movie about Barb and John, two good old whiteies. I have not seen this movie. It's really good. We should watch it. It's fun. They're running away from mindless, violent, quote unquote, others. They're able to escape and hole up with like-minded white people and one very level-headed black man who is calm and collected, who at the end gets murdered by the police. Is this the plot? That's actual... I mean, that's kind of the cultural... Yeah, that's really what happens in the movie, and I mean... What's his face thought was thinking when he made the movie? I don't know, but that's what was going on in the world, and that's what the movie's about, so isn't that fucking weird? Weird. Seems... Like the cops. Like a parallel. zombies. The cops, there's other people, and the cops are also other people, and everyone's against you. Except for... Trust no one. The, like, righteous, you know what I mean? Like, (gasps) Right. Talk about a fucking ink block test. So 
zombie movies really play out the cultural fears of we're the country. In, we're living in the Matrix, people. Exactly. And think about right now with all the political turmoil and how big The Walking Dead is. <laughs> and like how the biggest point, the most popular, was the 2016 election. I, that was like the season where, you know, Glenn got, you know. Oh. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's crazy. The Walking Dead is honestly Everybody loved Glenn. the same situation. I know. It was very Everybody sad. Everybody loved Glenn. And then... I'm kind of. I'm sorry. How dare you? I need a Glenn tattoo. You should just get a flying eyeball. Oh. <laughs> but yes. Um. So yeah, fucking goddamn. After that movie, we all know that zombies kind of just popped off. Like even Scooby Doo fights fights zombies at some point. Scooby Dooby Doo. Yeah. Even the fucking CDC has a page on zombies. Shut up. Zombie preparedness, yeah. I well, the Center for Disease Control. Yes. So just in case zombies do happen, they do have a plan. Zombie. Because pre- I've seen every movie and they never have a plan. Look at Um, How do you feel about zombies? Oh, my do. You don't mind them? I see them all the time in Pueblo. You're cool with it? Yeah, they're just What if zombies happened? They are happening, baby. What if they really happened? I can look across the street right now and see two zombies fighting. That's a mean mean joke. And what would you do if zombies really happened? Survive. Yeah? Hell yeah, I'd survive. Oh man. I don't know. I would not. We would be living like kings. (laughs) People would come to us and want them want us on their team. Okay. I don't know. Personally, that's like one we, of my... We would be a lieutenant in someone's army, for sure, for sure. That's like, like one of my biggest fears, is like the zombies. No, zombies are easy. The people the people are the problem. So you just got to get really good in with a group of people. And we will. I'm a fucking... People love me. Yeah, that's true. That's true about that. Uh, I love the idea of like fighting we, for survival. <laughs> What's his name? The fucking, what's the bad guy's name with the, Negan? the seal? Negan. So Trevor from Grand Theft Auto. I would be Trevor. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> fuck with me. <laughs> that means I'm Negan? No. I'm going to wear a sexy no. jacket and I'm going to get a big no, bludgeon weapon. No. I mean, you can have that. Yes. I'm Dope. Uh, I love zombie survival games and stuff i love the idea of it but i in real life like when i think about surviving that like survival at what cost you know what i mean like i'd wear a hawaiian shirt every day every day like what are you inheriting by staying alive and worse what if you don't stay alive if you turn into a zombie like are you sentient and trapped and forever stuck in your rotting husk of a corpse and you're just starving and violent and you can't control yourself. This is gross. Is that Ew. like no ability to communicate, no ability to complicate, like do anything, you know? Yo, have you seen? Um... It's an ad. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Anyway, April 30th, 1962 at the Albert Schweitzer Hospital in Desha Palais, Haiti. Desha Palais, Haiti. Oh, no. Don't do that. Clairvius Narcisse was admitted with complaints of body aches, fever, and general malaise. Zombies. He was also coughing up blood. His sister, Angelina, came to his side. 
The staff attended to him dutifully, but despite their efforts, his condition got mu- his condition got much worse over the next day. And on May second at one fifteen p.m., he was declared dead. Sir, you're turning into a zombie. No, we can't help you here. Angelina was gutted and immediately set out to notify the rest of the family. Their older sister, Marie Claire, showed up promptly to help Angelina, who was a mess. Marie Claire, you say? Yeah. That's uh, it's a multi-level marketing scheme involving facial cosmetics. <laughs> involving facials. Penises. They identified his body and signed off on the death certificate, and Angelina and Marie Claire tried their best to comfort each other. When the... Stop it. Oh. oh. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Um, goddamn. <laughs> but when the... Coroner came to put Clairvius in the body bag and take him away. They were like, it's time to go. The hospital staff bagged Clairvius up, and he was placed in the morgue for 24 hours. Then he was buried in a small cemetery just just north of Lestere, north of their home village, and a few days later, a memorial slab was placed over his grave. In 1980, at the marketplace in Lestere, Haiti, Angelina shopped and went about her business when she was approached by a man in shambles. He was blubbering and crying and covered in dirt. He was wearing rags. He seemed old and haggard. Angelina, the man called out to her. She was taken off guard by him. She was like, how do you know my name? And she turned and she was like, who are, who are you? You know, and he's like, it's me. It's V. And in the busy market square... Angelina felt frozen. Fainted. V was the nickname they called by. They called Clairvius by when he was a small boy. It was a name she hadn't spoken for at least eighteen what? years. What? Angelina was shocked. What is the meaning of this? She demanded. The man began to cry. It's me. It's Clairvius. She studied his face. It was him. It was really her brother. Old though. Yeah. Was this in the same the same day, same amount of time, or? 1980, so it was 16, uh, 18 years. Later? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. shit. She studied his face. It was really him. Weird. It was really her brother. And the story that he told shook Angelina to her core. But after she heard it, she was actually fucking pissed because Clairvius, when he was around, he never helped any of them. He never cared about them. This sounds like he was like, huh, I'm dead. I can live forever. No. And, you know, after doing, like, a lifetime of shit all, he just, like, upped and disappeared. They all grieved for him. They were all torn up. And then he just shows up one day and he's like, oh, they, you know, telling this crazy story. So it's she started. faked his death. That's what she's thinking. Yeah. So yeah. she's screaming at him and she's. She's telling him to get away. Like, get away from me. I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. The commotion attracted attention from the other villagers. And when they realized who it was, they all started to get worked up, too. The town was so shocked. It was so electric with surprise that the authorities actually had to step in and took custody of Clairvius to just protect him, you know? All right. I'm not sure what you're doing here, but I'm pretty sure it's illegal. You're going to jail. You can't be coming out of the grave. (laughs) You're going... Back to life. You're going back to the grave. And You're going to jail. <laughs> what are you, you zombed, um, um, the, the, cuff him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Straight to jail. You die oh, and come over, back to life? Straight to jail. <laughs> over chicken? Straight to jail. 
Undercooked chicken straight to jail. You die, you come back to life 18 years later, believe it or not. I love that episode. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> Driving on the wrong side of the road, straight to jail. Isn't that guy a fucking asshole, though? Fred Amir. Yeah, he is. Yeah, prick. Our girl Elizabeth Moss, he did her real dirty. Can't remember how exactly, but there's an episode of Holly Shook about it, which is a great podcast you should all listen to. Oh, yeah. So the cops took him, whatever. And then he was taken to a doctor and he stayed there because he was safe. Illegal. Uh, come on. Actually, I guess it's not that illegal. Just Maybe you should go see a doctor, bud. <laughs> You've been dead for 18 years. <laughs> um, that doctor was Dr. Duyon Lamarck, who had spent 20 years investigating zombies. Okay, so. Sorry. Probably not the best. Because obviously he's a little biased. Like, I mean, he's an expert on zombies. He's probably like, oh, look at this guy. 18 years? Zombie. Every case that he covered, he scoured and poured over every test. He tried to figure out like, if oh. there was a drug involved uh, yeah, huh. or if there was some kind of science that could cause zombification. He tried to get a hold of medical records, stuff like that. And he was usually disappointed. Like you said, I mean, like it's hard to prove that someone's a zombie. So like a lot of times he was not able to prove that. Are you a zombie? He'd actually never like found a zombie before. I got one. Yeah. I told you, Mommy, it's not in vain. Right. But Clairvius was very different because the Albert Schweizer Hospital that he visited where he died kept amazing records. Amazing. It was really good. Yeah, exactly. So first time I've ever heard anybody ever say that. Well, they kept amazing records. Really good. Fucking fantastic. Let me tell you about these records. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. They did an amazing job, sweetie. And to tell if Clairvius was lying, though, like, you know, he was thinking maybe I should go, like, dig up the grave. But obviously, if he, if Clairvius was lying, he would have already dug up the body, right? Obviously. So he was pretty much guaranteed that he wasn't going to find the body there. So he didn't waste his time doing that. Instead, he decided to try to ask Clairvius questions that only he knew the answer to. Like, only Clairvius would know. So he asked these questions. and what size is your foot? But yeah, Clarvius, I mean, he Where knew all the keep, answers. What is your pin to your bank account? Under <laughs> <laughs> the last word, yeah. your social. social security. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, hmm. also, everything checked out. And also, there was no real motive for Clarvius to come back because zombies, like I mentioned earlier, had a terrible implication in Haiti. Like, that was like what they considered slaves, enslaved God. people. So. That was like the worst thing that you could be. They were treated as outcasts because this was a thing that had happened before people showing up after being buried. And it was clear that Clarabia... just needed to sleep. They just really needed a really long nap. So tired, bro. I've been working long Let me hours. I need a nap. I'm literally going to go die. Yeah. For 18 years. It was clear that Clarabia's... I'll, I'll be back. It was actually very clear that Clarabia's was the same man who had, quote unquote, died all those years later. But how is it possible? Lamarck asked Clairvius what happened in the 18 years that he was gone. Clairvius actually remembered everything. He remembered the well, sound was, of the doc. Huh? I was laying there. I was laying there. And then I laid there some more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kept laying there. 
What the fuck do you think he was doing for 18 years? He's fucking in a <laughs> grave laying there, bro. <laughs> I heard a worm. <laughs> worm has entered coffin. I am now friends with Worm. Me and Worm is, are getting married. I know it's is, sudden, but I love her. Here. Honestly, it could be him, but I don't care. We love have a knows no bounds. <laughs> no. Laying Cla- here. Clarvius remembered the doctor pronouncing him dead. He could hear his sisters crying after they placed the sheet over his face. Clarvius described oh, oh. laying flat on his back. He, he's just laying it. Yeah, he's like, guys, hey guys. He wasn't able to talk. Got he wasn't him. able to move. Nothing. Paralyzed. He described laying flat on his back. Like a fat ass in- dab. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm was- paralyzed. Oh my god, I was paralyzed. Have you seen that video? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm paralyzed. Yeah, oh god, I was paralyzed. I think he says he was like I was seeing something, the same thing for ten seconds, or he says something I was crazy. Paralyzed. Yeah, I was paralyzed, guys. And he starts like, "Time to die, I'm gonna die." I'm like, bro, dude, everything's <laughs> cool, my guy. That was me the first time I smoked weed. I freaked the fuck out. Clarvius described laying flat on his back in the claustrophobic coffin. He was feeling suffocated. And then I was laying there. And he was not able to call out for help. And I was laying there. He wasn't able to move. He showed a scar on his right cheek, which he got from a nail that was driven through the lid of his casket into his face. Wow. Uh, Imagine not being able to move or speak and hearing the sound of your own nails being hammered into your coffin lid. Just like it going into you, just like, ah, damn it. Fuck. It's so itchy. Ah, damn it. He could hear his sisters crying at his funeral. Damn, obviously didn't put him six feet down. And he described the horrifying sound of his coffin being covered in dirt. Listened horrified to the sound of himself being buried alive. Dart. <laughs> when he, you're stuck, they're like, ah, fuck. fuck. Then he can no, he moving. can't move. Well, after he, like, the last pile of dirt was put on, like, God enabled him again. Like fear like, factor? Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He felt it's a horrible episode. (laughs) As he listened, levels hard as fuck. As he listened to the dirt sealing his fate, he felt like he could see his own casket being covered in dirt, like he had come out of his body. He was probably having a near death experience from loss of oxygen. Realistically, um, okay, no, 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 that doesn't explain it. No, no, get your science out of here. Somehow, the silence that came after the shoveling sound was even more horrifying. He was alone, and he was alive, and he was buried under six feet of dirt. And the worm was there. And the worm was there. The silence was deafening, and it lasted for hours. Then he could hear something familiar. Shoveling. Had they realized their mistake? Were they coming back to get him? The digging sound came closer and closer until he could hear the metal of the shovel make contact with the lid of his casket. Ding! And then the sound of the metal groaning as the nails were ripped out of the wood. And then the lid was opened. The dim moonlight felt like warm summer sun to Clarvius. He was so happy. He was so happy to be out of that situation. The air rushed to his lungs and the oxygen kind of provided him with a jolt and he was trying to just focus on you know, who who dug him up? Like, what was going on? Before he could even see, 
He was grabbed aggressively by the arm, lifted to his legs, and then thrown on the ground with a thud. Then he realized he didn't even know the man who had just dug him up. Before he could even search his mind for who this person might be, the guy began kicking him in his ribs, in his stomach, in his head, only stopping to whip him in his face and his arms and in the back. My dick. Right? He was beaten until he stopped struggling. He just went completely limp. And then... I thought he already was completely limp. Fake. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I wrote... I paraphrased this so that I didn't plagiarize. Could he move again? No, not really. So he was just laying there taking Yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah, Um, Then the stranger grabbed Clarvius by the back of his head and forced Clarvius's nose into a jar. Lick this white dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) And Clarvius inhaled some sort of powder and then cocaine and then he was bound and gagged and he was carried to a location that clarvius couldn't identify and thrown into a chair then clarvius could see the man he was adorned with bright and colorful leaves he had white ash or paint smeared across his face and a necklace made of bone it was a bokor a voodoo witch for hire Using black magic, Bokor served the highest payer using the power of spirits in the Haitian voodoo religion. I'm very ignorant in this, and I apologize if I get it wrong. The Bokor tended to Clarvius's wounds on his face before standing him up on his own just two legs. Just all those wounds. He just beats the shit out of him. He's like, his ah, nail fuck. hole. Fuck you. Fuck uh, you. Uh, 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 Whatever it was. Uh, come on, I'll take care of you now. If it was right, my bad. I just snapped a little. You the way you, fe- off, man. the way you fell out of that cabin, just the coffin, just made me really upset. <laughs> the nerve. The worm. Jesus. The worm. Got got me there. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it was, whether it was fear or shock or whatever the hell it was that he had inhaled, Clarvius was powerless and he couldn't even fight back. The Bokor walked Clarvius for miles to the plantation outside of Ravine Trumpet, which is like a different town. 1960? Shit's been popping off in 1960. Yeah. Yeah. 1962. Jesus. The Bokor talked briefly to the plantation owner, and Clarvius was left unattended. He, him? He's not going anywhere. He's, He's not fine. going anywhere. Come but on. Clarvius, in his mind, he was like, break. I can run. Like, this is my chance. I can book it. But he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't. Uh, right? He probably was moaning like a d- dead idiot. The Bokor came uh, back to Clarvius and grabbed him by the back of his neck and shoved him into the field. It made him eat lick white dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Go, he said. And the Bokor left. In a state of shock, inside he was screaming, but outside there was nothing he could do. Clarvius was completely unable his to eyes enact. Were just like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Imagine, I'm trying. Imagine how fucking scary. You're like, I'm being buried alive. And then you're like, someone's saving me. And then you're like, I'm being beaten. <laughs> and then you're just like, I'm working on a plantation, I guess. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do. And you'd want to kill that guy. Like, you'd want to kill him for beating you. Yeah. But anyway, his legs carried him towards a large hangar with an open door. Oh, so now he can walk? Yeah. Like a zombie, kind of? Yeah, he felt weak, and he felt like he was growing weaker. He was completely helpless. He just wandered into the door. When he got in, he could see a great many people standing, facing meaningless directions, just standing there. 
It was like. (laughs) 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 It was like 150 of them at least. And then he joined them. He just stood. Until the morning light came, and one by one, they spilled out to the field to work, Clairvius included. Damn. And that's the exact routine that he followed every day for two Zombie years. Labor. Can we go to that farm? Hell no. Clairvius yeah. was awake the whole time. Whoa. He missed his family and his friends. <laughs> that one's like, it can't be fast work. This is like. What do they farm like? Let's say sugar, f- okay. sugar plantation. Sugar plantation. They're like planting it and then harvesting it, and that's it. And inside, you're just like, it would be nice if I could see my mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just motor their motor function is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's actually go to the cemetery and dig someone up to do our podcast uh, editing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> We need some noises that we can only get in one's place. <laughs> um, he missed his family and his friends, and he wanted to return, uh, and his heart ached. But as the days his, passed... His heart groaned? Probably. Uh. <laughs> but the days passed like a dream. Things were distorted and slow, and Clairvius was unable to make even basic decisions or overcome oh. basic obstacles. There was a stream on the property that appeared as a rushing river to Clairvius. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, but it's so funny. They were fed one meal a day. The meal contained no salt at all, which is some kind of voodoo thing I don't understand. It was some kind of a paste. It had cane sugar, Datura, sweet potatoes, and there was no salt. Sounds pretty good. In Haiti, where their climate is very hot, a lack of salt would cause extreme fatigue because you're not gaining the electrolytes. Uh, Datura is a flower. Because they put salt in Gatorade. Salt in the Gatorade, bitch. Scandal. Datura causes, Datura is a flower, and it causes amnesia, psychosis, confusion, delirium, and hallucinations. So quit eating it. <laughs> In 1964, it's hot though. Sounds real fun. <laughs> no, uh, I mean that would. Uh, we'll talk about it. In 1964, one of the other zombies was sick of this bland ass food, I guess, and he refused to eat. The Bokor was shocked by the man's ability and the audacity uh, to disobey, uh, <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he decided to beat the appetite back into him. <laughs> In the middle of the beating, the man reached out for a hoe that was just in reach. He leapt to his feet, shoved the bokor back, and then held the hoe up behind him and brought it down as hard as he could. He split the bokor's skull and killed him instantly. Ah Clairvius saw the whole thing happen. It was the most violent thing he had ever seen, and considering none of them... (laughs) Right? (laughs) You see that shit? Can I be a zombie for Halloween? Yeah, totally. We should be zombies. That would be so fun. Okay, let's do that. Whatever you need. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Bingo. Okay, uh, the contrast of violence to the sudden sound of silence after the murder had happened 
made his ears ring. Clarvius felt like uh, Clarvius felt like sobbing. He wanted to fall and just uh, grieve. And to his surprise, he was able to. He fell to his knees. He started crying, which for the last two years he couldn't do. What a cry, baby. He looked around at the others who began to leave the plantation and cross the river that now Clarvius could see was only a stream. Clarvius had broken the spell. He's a human now. Yeah, Sorry. Bad. Homie, homie broke him out. Clarvius remained... Oh, <laughs> a zombie murder. Huh. Clarvius remained in the northern region, northern region of Haiti for a few years before drifting into the southern part of the country. In I'm his time... get my bearings here. So? Oh. Fuck. Oh. oh my god, this food is so good. What's in it? And they're like, that's just salt. That's a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. Uh, Hello? That's a, a banana? Are you good? Banana! <laughs> so good. He's just like rubbing it into his <laughs> eyes and shit. Uh, so Sir? amazing. Sir? Why are you doing that? Because I can. Sir? He's literally like at a cart, just like. And like throwing them at people. <laughs> just doing whatever he. He could just do whatever he wanted Sir? now. Sir? Um, Sir, could you stop? In his time he spent wandering around, he wrote a few letters to his family, but he never heard back from them. He had plenty of time to think and reflect on why this happened to him. Who would have hired the Bokor to turn him into a zombie? The plantation owner, dummy. One thing in particular did come to his mind, though, because his brother, 18 years ago, right before Clarvius died... Dick. His brother came to him to ask Clarvius to give him his portion of the family land. Clarvius refused. Their dad was, like, about to die. Um, And in traditional Haitian culture, they split it up between all the kids equally. His brother wanted the shit because Clarvius had no wife and no kids. You ain't got nobody. Clarvius' brother had a bunch of kids. I'll give you some money for it. Yeah, exactly. And Clarvius was like, no, I want that shit. Like, I'm keeping Fuck it. Fuck you. you. Fuck you. Clarvius, a few days later, had to rush to the hospital. The discussion itself was disrespectful in Haitian culture because at the time their father wasn't dead. But also, it's worth maybe mentioning that it could have been a woman. Because Clarvius had fathered several children and did not give a fuck. He never married any of the women. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, everywhere. I don't care. He she is everywhere. He had a savings account. He did not pay any sort of child support. So Hell yeah, bro. Just keep up <laughs> men's rights. Fight. Yeah, men's rights. <laughs> In fact, Clarvius thought it could be his family members or his friends. At this point, it could have been anybody. Exactly, because there was... It could have been literally anybody that hated this asshole. Yeah, yeah. Ah, you fucking... You dick. (laughs) Some of his friends, some of his family members had asked him for money, and he told them no, and... Well, I mean, I'm shit, maybe. Maybe I should start getting some money. You guys want $5 right now? I know you didn't ask, but you can have $5. Now that Clarvius had time to reflect, like you said, he didn't have a whole lot of friends. Uh, he was not the most popular person in town, you could say. And now that their father was nearing the end... Of- oh, wait, what? Oh, sorry. I already said that part. But, yeah. Um, they hated him. 
Had Clarvius just been punished for not following the societal norms of supporting supporting community? Like the shit that kind of held their society together? Is that why this happened to him? I'm so sorry. One thing was clear. Extremely sorry. <laughs> one thing was clear. At least his uncle was involved because his uncle was the one that disposed of the letters that Clarvius sent. Shady ass motherfucker. Definitely. Dr. Lamarck was bewildered and surprised to hear such a vivid account. Yo, really? Right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of not my realm. I mean, that's I, a lot. I'm a zombie. Oh. Okay, so I, I can't do anything about what you just fucking don't Also, care. worth, uh, I forgot to say, um, Clarvius only came back to his town because he heard that his brother died. Huh, fucker. Yeah. So uh, doc- my turn. <laughs> I'm going to hire you, hey, bro. Go get him. Yeah, right. Oh, Let's my God. for him. I killed the original guy, otherwise I would... Or someone killed the original guy or else I would hire him because he did a great job. I was there for like two years. I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. 18 years down the drain. Dr. Lamarck was amazed by Clairvius' story and he was surprised to hear such a vivid account. The doctor had heard of the 1912 account written by Stephen Bonsall where a man was buried and found several days later in his burial clothes moaning and not recognizing (sighs) even his wife or his mother. (sighs) (laughs) he had heard of the 1959 case written by francis huxley where a woman was buried only to be found four years later by her nephew who claimed she was wandering around in a stupor in both of these cases it was not able to verify any medical records and neither individual was able to tell the story of what happened while they were gone drug and exactly it could have been drugs it could have been a mental illness we don't know in this case, though, Dr. Lamarck didn't only have medical proof, but he had a first-hand account from Clairvius. <laughs> Feeling ignited by the proof he found in the pudding, Dr. Lamarck Duyon reached out to his colleague in New York, who was too busy, who referred him to another expert, Wade, famous. Wade Davis, very famous probably, hopefully, who went to Haiti to investigate. Davis was a man who had done it all. You don't say. Huh, hater. He was totally like one of those guys. He was like a tall, blonde, blue-eyed guy. He was probably like Fred from Scooby-Doo. That's how I imagine him. He was like, Jinkies, I better go investigate. I'll bring my gang with me. Yeah. Wade Davis went to Haiti to investigate. Wade Davis was a man who had done it all. He had lived in the Amazon. He tried ayahuasca. He was getting his PhD in biology. He was a man. He was a man. And he was after Indiana the Jones, the Temple of Doom. Yes, and he was after that zombie powder, whatever it was that Clarvius had <laughs> yeah. inhaled, whatever it was, <laughs> whatever it was that was oh, doing this to people. That drug. He literally is a drug guy. He just He's like a drug guy. Drugs. Fuck it. Even though tons of scholars before him had failed to find it, within weeks Davis found it. Yo, you got that, Papa? Dave. Where's that zombie <laughs> shit, yo? Nah, not that bunk booty. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> when da- <laughs> Sorry. When Davis arrived in Haiti, he immediately set out to find Marcel Pierre, who was both a bartender and a voodoo sorcerer. Drug dealer. Probably also All bartenders that. are drug dealers. Also, I would go to and that obviously bar. Obviously, they work there. They're not a cop, so you can straight up ask and be like, yo, drugs? Yeah, drugs. What do you know about drugs? Marcel was willing to negotiate with Davis and give him the zombie powder with the caveat that no questions were to be asked. 
Davis agreed, and him and Marcel headed out for the day. 20 bucks. David accompanied Marcel as he gathered the ingredients, and he ground them. He grinded them together using a mortar and pre- mortar pestle. and pestle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Davis knew that this shit wouldn't be working though, because he just like knew shit about poisons and the ingredients Marcel put together made like no sense. Flour, Ch- chicken egg, flour. You're making biscuits, cream dry, of tartar, dry ass biscuits. Ugh. Okay, first off, you use no fucking butter. Ugh. David, uh, blah, 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 Um, Marcel basically had scammed him, actually. <laughs> yeah. Daddy. Yeah. So three no, weeks I'm later. I'm telling you, bro, this is it. It's going to work. Don't worry about it. Give me 20 more dollars. I'll give you an extra yeah. gram. Uh, three weeks later, Davis went back to the bar and met with Marcel and Marcel's pals. Davis. No, shit did nothing. Exactly. That's literally what he said. He called him a charlatan. He was like, you charlatan. This pissed Marcel the fuck off, though, and he stormed off, and he came back with a vial. Pow, pow. He said, here, this is the real poison. Davis decided to test Marcel. He pretended to pour some of the powder onto his palm, rubbed his hands together. Marcel looked at him and said, you're a dead man. If he had rubbed the powder into his skin, he really might have been. But Davis didn't even flinch, and Marcel was impressed by him, so he agreed to show Davis how it was actually made. Shit, all right, bro, you passed the first test. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. what is that, Princess Bride? Mm-hmm. Uh, please, God. Never mind. Next. The powder was in a small vial, and it looked like <clears throat> black, dry dirt. It contained... Human bones from a child, which Marcel dug out from a cemetery in the middle of the night. It also had tarantulas, lizards, sea worms, and toads. The poison was topical. Once applied to the skin, the victim would begin to feel itchiness, nausea, and would suddenly feel that their airway was restricted. Then, a tingling sensation would begin in the hands and feet before spreading to the whole body and developing into full paralysis. What's the drug called? The body at this point is deprived of oxygen, enough to turn the victim's lips and face blue. The metabolism breaks down and lowers to a point that is not distinguishable from death. Davis thinks that sometimes, instead of paralyzing the victim, it would probably just kill them. And even if... Damn, bitch. Fuck you! And even if the poison didn't kill them right away, the lack of oxygen in the coffin while being buried probably would. That's why the guy's just watching him bury him. He's just like, all right, I got about five minutes. Yeah. I'll leave. I better hurry. <laughs> and uh, bah, 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 bah. Davis also <clears throat> suspected that Datura uh, was... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Davis also suspected that Datura was involved. Datura was a powerful psychoactive flower that grew in Haiti. When he actually analyzed the powder, though, he found out that he was wrong. There was no Datura. Instead, he found Fugu. Not to be confused with the popular clothing brand Fubu. <laughs> no, Very no, different. no. Very different. Fubu. Fugu. <laughs> you fucked me up. <laughs> Fugu is a pufferfish that contains a powerful poison called Tetrodoxin, which is one of the most powerful poisons in the world. Yeah. Fugu is actually a delicacy in Japan where licensed chefs only are allowed to prepare it. The chef removes most of the poison but leaves just enough to get people basically high as balls when they eat it. 
Around a hundred. This is the subway. <laughs> Around a hundred people a year die from eating it. Because literally, if you take a bite that's too big, it'll kill you. People I'm who get because I'll just be like, <laughs> people who get fugu poisoning are paralyzed for up to a week. With one man literally gaining the strength to sit up himself to sit up by himself after seven days sitting in a morgue. Sort of like what happened to Clarivius as he listened to himself be pronounced dead. Some of the things in the poison include glass or abrasive hair to cause cuts, allowing the poison to enter the bloodstream faster. The ingredients also cause the victim incessant itching. Tetrodox... Oh, I'm saying it wrong. Tetrodoxin, I'm sorry, is 500 times more powerful than cyanide. It binds to the sodium channels on the nerve cell membrane, blocking transition of the nervous impulse. That could explain... Oh, that could not explain Clairvius's lack of free will, though, could it? No, because if someone survives the first few hours of pufferfish pufferfish poisoning, they're likely to heal and recover at some point. But being held for two years and forced to work, that's a separate thing. I thought it was 18 years. Well, after two years, the guy got killed, and then he just wandered for like 16. And then when his brother died, he came back. No. Um, Haitians contribute that to the power of the Bokor. Davis suspected himself that Deterra could also be a part of it. Deterra is that flower, like we said, it causes all those effects. It also causes drowsiness and stupefaction. Yeah, so if they were fed that every day, like Davis suspected, that could explain why everything felt like a dream and he couldn't, like, function. Combined with the cultural implications of slavery in Haiti, because, you know, like, Slavery was considered zombie, like worse than death. Davis confirmed it's very possible that Detura and Fugu are the platters that zombification slavery was being served on. Oxygen, defrica- oxygen deprivation also causes um, some kind of damage where, like, basically the higher center of, centers of your brain would go first. So, like, the part of your brain that controls will and like volition would turn off so that the more primitive parts of your brain that control like your hearts and lungs could survive. So if you're deprived of oxygen and then they beat you and then they feed you like drugs every day. Choke me, daddy. Yeah. You'd probably be like, just cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is the story of Clairvius Narcisse, the Clairvius Haitian zombie. Narcisse. Haitian zombie. Are you scared? No. No? You're not scared that you could really be zombified? Who's going to do that to me? I ain't ever going to Haiti, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Here's the white zombie music uh, movie poster. Um, where's the arrow? Who's the Night of the Living Dead? Oh. That's Ben getting murderized. Figured. That's a book horror. I like it. That's Clarvius Narcisse. Looks full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Famous. Yeah. That was good. You liked it? I did like it. That was a good episode. Thank you. Solid. Thank you. Thank you. Can you smell it? Here it is. Okay. Here's our scary story for the day. Are you ready? Scary story for the day. I have one, and then I have one that <laughs> actually somebody sent us. Ooh, one. Okay. Nice. Uh, so, two. Feel free to, okay, this is from an anonymous user on 4chan. 
it's kind of relevant to our story, which is why I'm telling it to you. Feel free to post your own, but I got one for you guys. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I was 14 at the time. I was pretty fit because Wait, I... Has this been verified that it's an actual story? Yeah. Because we can't be trolled again like we were last week. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. I read this one. Okay. Yeah. I was 14 at the time. I was pretty fit because I did cross country in high school, but nothing special. And I was on a, a scout hike. We're going down into the bottom of the Grand Canyon and spending a few days on the res. I terrified already. The group kind of naturally splits into the slow guys and the fast guys. Normally I'd be with the fast guys, but my friend is a fat fuck, so I linger back with him in the slow group. I mean, I, I, support, right, I yeah. appreciate the support. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm kind of a rock nerd, so I like looking at the geology formations. Nerd. Another bonus of the group is that I can wait behind for a bit to look at things and then catch up pretty fast. Wow, real slow. Most of the stone is in horizontal layers, but I see a stripe that switches, twists from horizontal to vertical like a graph. I feel a little... A uh, little bit of cliff climbing up in the narrows, but no biggie. I tell my fat friend I'll catch up. I want to go look at some weird rocks. He accepts. Uh, yeah, As, good. Okay, buddy. All right, weirdo. As I get close to the stripe, I can see that it's andesite, which is weird because ingenious rocks don't make sense in the GC. No idea. In the Grand Canyon. Uh, okay. Super curious sure. now. I spend about 30 minutes or so pathfinding my way up to a flat spot so that I can look at the cliff. At the strange stripe. I'm sorry. I'm doing a bad job. As I'm working my way up a little cliff face, I see a flower growing in a crevice. I feel compelled to poke it. Yeah. The petals are under tension or something. When I touch it, it's like hitting a mouse trap. The whole thing kind of explodes and there's a lot of pollen. I immediately am hit with just mind-numbing fear. I shit myself, I piss myself, and I don't even care. I have no idea why I'm so terrified, but it's ah, immediate. I climb down low enough so I can jump down without getting hurt, and I start sprinting to catch up with the others. I run as fast as I can back to the group. <laughs> he shit himself. <laughs> loser. Everybody look at him. Look at this loser. You have to go, you have to walk behind the fat people now. There's some kind of feedback loop. The fear only goes down if I can sprint as fast as I can. And if I slow down, the fear comes back. And I feel like I can't stop running. I know it's tearing my body up. It hurts so bad, but... I have to keep going, and I get this foamy spit all around my mouth. It's so terrifying to slow down. I can't Babies. stop. The slow group sees me coming up to them like a bat out of hell, and they're trying to ask me what's up, but I blitz past them way too fast. I make it to the fast group, and they're trying to ask me why I'm going like this, but I can't slow down because it's too scary. The scoutmaster, thank God, is bigger and stronger than me, and he grabs me as I run. Apparently, I fight like an animal. I keep trying to bite him while screaming that I have to get away before it arrives. He's a former wrestler, so he just grabs me and got me into a headlock until I passed out, and then they tied me up. They sent a fast guy back to the slow group to tell them... Oh, let me switch to the other one. I'm sorry. Yeah. be like, who gave him the weed? Who did it? The only option is to send someone down to the tribe down there and have the med vac me out. They decide to send someone to the tribe to get a horse that can carry me and then okay. get me close enough to the med vac. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying to do too much. Uh, God damn it. What? Uh, the scoutmaster has them watch me while he goes down to the tribe. It probably takes an hour or so, but the fear fades and I have no idea what the hell happened. They're not even mad at me. They're just baffled at what scared me out of my mind like that. And all I can talk about is the fucking flower. 
When they see that I'm not going to run off again, they untie me and let me wash off in the river and get a change of clothes. <laughs> Something's definitely wrong with me, but I've never had a moment like this before. They're mostly used to me being kind of clinical and robotic, so it was really weird for them. And to be honest, it was weird for me too. I've never lost control like that before or since. Eventually, the scoutmaster got back with a horse, but it was decided that I didn't need a medvac out. We used the horse to get back down the canyon because I was destroyed from that panic run. I must have run about six miles in 30 minutes. I could barely stand. All right, buddy, you ain't that fast. I spent the rest of the night trying to take it easy, trying to recover enough to walk back out again. I'll be honest, you guys, if I hadn't stuck to the trail and if the scoutmaster hadn't been there, I think I would have run myself to death. It took a really long time for the fear to wear off, and when I was basically held down, even with the amount of running that I'd done, I could basically be crippled for the next two days. I was barely able to get out of the canyon by myself. I asked the tribe about the flower, and they said they'd never heard anything like it. You fucking eyebrow? Come on. Whenever I... Some weed and you fucking freaked out. Whenever I hear stories about someone being found 30 miles off course from their hike at the top of a mountain or something, I think about that weird little flower... And I wonder about how many people survived that little ball of doom. Also, sorry for talking about rocks so much. I just like them. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Are you scared? No. You're not scared that you'll touch the wrong flower and die? I don't touch flowers. Check this guy. Okay. We got an email from a listener. Shut up. It was my sister. Hello. <laughs> we uh, emailed us. She said, uh, "I love." She listens to us while she works. She said it makes us. It makes her super happy to hear us while she works. Having the podcast to listen to elevates her day so much. She. Oh uh, Someone likes us, right? She immediately thought of this video when she listened to us asking for stories, and she thought of this and the spooky story that it comes with. And it's not long enough for a whole episode, she, so she said it might make for a cool last-ditch attempt to scare Jake. Uh, uh, I don't like her already. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's a video? I'm going to show you this video, and then I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. I don't like that you're so excited about this. You guys are twisted. <laughs> All right, can you see? Yep. It's like fucking three minutes long. Do you want to watch all of it? It's a robot voice. Well, with the like off synthesizer music in the background, there's something weird about it. Yeah. Looks like a tiny little house. I mean, it's just a fucking ugh, horrible singer. Uh, 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 it sounds like a DJ is fucking mixing it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Check out my mixtape, you guys. Alright, what's is the story behind the scarier? Leah, nice try, but. Didn't do it. Um. The video has been around for more than a decade, and people are still just discovering and arguing about the meaning of the video. It features uh, a... The song is borderline horrifying. There is no structure, no melody, and no end. Even when the video ends, you can still hear the ethereal synth and the three delicate hey, hey, hey's in the back of your mind. Dispersed throughout the meandering song and shots of Tara, there's a couple of clips of what seems to be a random spot in someone's backyard. 
Why is that there? Legend says that the spot is where Tara's murders creep. Wait, what? Legend says that spot is where Tara's murderous creator's victim lies. But what does Tara have to do with that? Who the fuck's Tara? The android. Okay. The robot. And that is where the debate begins. Some say that the victim was murdered, buried in that spot, and Tara is wearing the clothes of said victim. Has anyone checked the spot? The others say, and what I have heard the most, is that Tara's creator took their victim, stripped them of their clothes, put them on Tara, and buried them alive, oh, six feet video? underground, in a coffin, in that spot, with nothing but a transmitter linked to Tara. Every single I feel fantastic and hey, hey, hey from Tara is actually another scream and attempt to escape from whoever is buried uh, under that plot uh, show. And I'm it gets disgusted. even... And it gets even scarier when you find the second video, which features Tara again, but this time wearing all black and a black wig. Yep. Maybe a different victim? Oh, okay, that is that is terrifying. I am a little scared now. What's the actual story, though? Tara, who's probably named after the word terabyte, was created by an IT student named John <sighs> Bergeron, oh, who created Tara for a class project. Oh, thank God. He made oh, well, the- fuck you, bro. <laughs> He made the video of her where he dressed her up in a cheap wig and old clothes. Because he's a fucking loser and can't find a girl. And he added a funny song for her to sing while she showed off some basic motor functions she could do. Like move her hands and her jaw. Uh, Can you move your jaw? Oh. You can move your hand in your jaw. Oh, perfect. When you combine bad lighting, old clothes, aimless music, and the terrible camcorder quality. (laughs) The whole thing turns spooky as heck, which is exactly what his peers said. John decided to roll with it, added some random shots of his backyard into the video he made. Look at that spot there. There's a squirrel. Scary. Which you can see in the shots of Tara. It's dark outside. um, And it kind of i mean there's no way to confirm that that's the same yard you know like it could be completely unrelated so uh once that was solved the only question people still had was why was the music so fucking scary which that's not what she said she said freaking haunting i'm saying fucking scary uh what i'd say is that this is because the song is simply a bunch of sustained clashing tones with no chord changes and no beat so much autotune and a melody that outwardly has no key i guarantee you if you took some clean some clashing tones is out typing this Yes. If you took some of the tones Sounds out. kind of music nerdy. <laughs> she's a music nerd. Okay. And you added a few co- chords and a drum beat, this would probably go from Tara to T-Pain real fast. Hey, 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 hey. I hope I have hey, given you guys. to write us an episode. I know, huh? <laughs> I hope I have given you guys the spooks. Thank you for creating this podcast and making me laugh during work. Haley, I miss you and I love you. Jake, I can't wait to meet you someday. And like I said, I hope you guys are doing well and I hope you can come to PA and visit sometime. Bye. We love you so much. We'll be there. I'm going to cry. We'll be there actually very soon. Uh, Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. That was excellent. Jake, are you Yo, scared? You were I scared for a second. For a little bit there, I was. I was like, oh, because I hate robots. It is I freaky. Can't, I can't, like, fight a robot. No, and I'm not like going to lie. If comes at me, I'm like, oh, fuck. The sound um, it was making was very scary. I didn't like it at I, all. I, I like like uh house music and like that was a house music it could have been a couple Ugh. beats like just a, you hey, know? hey hey put your hands up that sound wasn't around then yet <laughs> <laughs> listen 
we are going to put out mini episodes every Wednesday, every Sun, big episodes every Sunday. Ooh. If you have a scary story, please send it to us at the horror comedy podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> um, we are actually planning a Halloween maxi sode where we're going to compile a bunch of these stories, the best ones, and we are going to be very scared. And we may do a special episode all the way from PA. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. It depends what I can fit in my backpack because I'm only allowed to bring a backpack. <clears throat> it's really expensive to fly. Anyway, um, don't forget to drink water. Don't forget to drink water. And uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. And we'll see you on Wednesday.